on there. You guys ready for book club? Remember, this is the Jehovah Wanna book club. And we need it. We're getting serious about the separation between soul and spirit it's getting real and it works by the living and active word of God we'll wait for a couple more people to hop on for our book club but um before we get started yeah the Lord is talking about the sword of the spirit and the uh, covenant, the old covenant, the new covenant. And uh, this is something he's been talking to me about the last couple. <laughs> what do you want to call it? Has it been days? Has it been weeks? But he was talking about the sword of the old covenant. And there's a verse that says, Ooh. I'll find it for you guys. Okay. <laughs> Bible verse. Okay. This is from Isaiah 2 4. God shall judge between the nations and shall decide for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against the nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But the Lord was talking about the beating the sword and the spear. And he showed me the the plowshare is a plow for the heart. Plowing up and tilling the soil of the heart. And the pruning hooks, the pruning for the mind, those branches of the mind. Yes. Mm. Oh, that's sweet. I just taste sweet, honey. <laughs> I literally just tasted like honey on my lips. That's not normal. Unless it's normal now. <laughs> but yeah, it's the sweetness. The sweetness of his new covenant and the heavenly realities. That the sword of the word of God, instead of, you know, 
just literally physically killing everybody. <laughs> Have a nice plow share of the word of God plowing through our hearts and pruning our minds to change the way we feel and think. Isn't that nice? So that's what we're doing tonight. Let's go ahead and get started. That's where we left off, chapter three. Let's just take a look at this picture here again. Holy Spirit. We have the spirit of man we we're talking about. The spirit of man being influenced by the Holy Spirit, the soul and the body. You know, we're not Gnostic. The enemy would have you in ignorance. He wants us in ignorance to these things so that we don't, you know, treasure the things of God. You know, so we don't, you know, pay attention to what we're putting in our souls and in our body and what spirits we're communing with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But all those things influence the spirit, and one of the doctrines of demons from the religious, um, the religious demonic realm is that, oh yeah, your spirit is already, you know, a hundred percent. We're talking about the spirit of man. You need healing in your spirit. Because the healing in your spirit, you get that. The word of God into your spirit, it's going to overflow into your soul, in your soul, and then through your body. And that's your permanent, lasting, ever-increasing healing. Healing the healing, ever-increasing glory of knowing Christ, the seven spirits of God, the Holy Spirit within your spirit. Right, so we're going for this one so that these can be healed. Uh, we talked about last time, this is important. You know, if you can get a word of faith healing, you can go to a healing meeting. You can have anointed people pray for you and heal you, and that's biblical, that's great. You should do that, that's good. Uh, but to really maintain ever-increasing health and healing, um, if you get this Christ inside-mindedness, communion with the Holy Spirit inside your spirit, healing in your spirit will overflow into the rest of you. And so that's what we want to go for. We want to get all your big, you know, healings. We want your miracle healings. Like, it's like, man, if there's something wrong with you physically, like, yeah, it's best to get it this way, but it's kind of nice just to get your instant healing. <laughs> like, let's go ahead and get it all, you know? <laughs> just get the best of both worlds since it's available. That's what I'm saying. Don't let what other people think and people's opinions hold you back. Go get your healing, you know. Press in for it. Get it. Get your God inside-minded inner healing for your inner child. But I'm just saying, if there's somebody who's still a little bit witched out there walking in a strong healing anointing, I ain't got no problem getting healed by them, you know. <laughs> I've definitely done that. It works. Praise God. Such a sweet presence of the Lord tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 
your honey on my lips. It's his name. Sweet kisses of the Holy Spirit. Within your spirit, overflowing, a gardener that you can trust. His perfect sword is his plowshare, his pruning hook. To tenderly care for you. Let these words tonight, whenever you listen to this, go forth by the power of the Holy Ghost to set us free from soul, from self, from the flesh, from every lying demon, every spirit principality of the fallen ones, a greater separation of soul and spirit, beautiful marriage supper of the Lamb. Let the sweetness of your honey on my lips anoint these words to increase the freedom, the purity, reverent fear of the Lord and bring a deep healing. I gotta tell you guys a testimony of one of my healings. You know, we've been getting healed from a lot of things for a lot of years, going healing to healing. But one of them I needed a big breakthrough in. And I kept wondering why, you know, I'd go to a healing service. And I could see Jesus walking around the room. You know, I could see him healing people in the spirit. But I wasn't getting healed. <laughs> and so, you gotta imagine me standing there just crying and Oh, why? You're healing them. Why don't you heal me? I can see you right there. <laughs> and then I seen him on his boat. And I saw the Sea of Galilee and the waves and the wind. And he looked so excited to see me. And he reached his hand out while he held on to the boat, standing on it. And he reached his hand out towards me, and he said, he had told me to come. And he said, my grace is enough for you. And even though I knew he wasn't healing me in that moment, I knew that I was loved. And that his grace was enough for me. His power was made perfect in weakness. But I knew that I was loved, and so some months went by, and eventually what ended up happening was I did get my miracle healing. And it was amazing. But I realized afterwards, after I got the healing, there was no way I could have understood in that moment prior why I wasn't getting healed. There were some things I had to encounter, I had to go through, I had to get this work done in my heart from the cutting of the word of God and the revelation he gave me of the things I had to repent from there's just no way I would have understood but after I went through those things I was getting healing from the inside 
and my heart was changing. Getting the circumcision. And so the healing, it's been an increasing healing. All right, I'm ready for a book. Chapter three. And also, if you're watching this, you need healing. I pray that you be healed too. You find your healing, inner healing, flooding out, all of it healed. Spirit, mind, soul, body, all of it. Memories, all your emotions. The fire. Chapter three. What influences the spirit of man? Holy Spirit. <laughs> The spirit is influenced by the body, the soul, the soul, and the Holy Spirit. This, okay, your spirit has a very difficult time maturing. Its growth is constantly being thwarted and stunted by the powerful influence of the soul, the intellect, and the emotions, the body's needs, or lusts. The spirit needs someone to help it grow into maturity, greatness, and glory that it might return to its original design. Even the heavenly blueprint of being in the image and likeness of God. Thank God our Heavenly Father has provided us with this covering, this influence. He is even the Holy Spirit of promise whom Jesus promised that the Father would send to be in us, that by His nearness, he can indeed influence our spirits to good because he influences them with godliness. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of Truth, which proceedeth from the Father. He shall testify of me. John 15, 26. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Howbeit when he the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, and that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath mine are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. John 16, 7, 13, and through 15. The true covering under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit becomes an influence for good to your soul and body, bringing divinity into these areas of your existence because the Holy Spirit 
is all divinity, all God. His impact is very great upon us, causing us to come back into the likeness and the image of God. Why the church has not prevailed. It is not enough that you be filled with the Holy Spirit, but then continue to go on existing and walking in your soulish and intellectual realm. Then being constantly under the hindering influences of your brain, your physical desires and your emotions. No. This is why the church has not yet been triumphant. This is why, that is why 2,000 years after the resurrection morning, the gates of hell still stand barred against the church of the living God. And very few captives have been set free. Though we have been commissioned to loose the bands of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free and break every heavy yoke. Isaiah 58.6 Your spirit is influenced by your body. Your spirit is influenced by your body, your soul, and the Holy Spirit. Let us look into this truth more closely. First of all, let me remind you that you are a spirit. You are a spirit which is clothed upon with a body. Your body is very powerful in its effect upon your soul and thereby your soul also affects your spirit. Your body knows pain, comforts, discomforts, desires for water, food, sleep, and sexual gratification. All this affects the soul. These are ordinary, basic, physical needs that affect the body and eventually the soul. Because everything that influences the body affects the soul. See Judges 15, 19, 1 Samuel 14, 27 through 30. The spirit of the beast. Animals have the same physical needs. Ecclesiastic, Ecclesiastes 3.21 Shows us that animals also have a spirit. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? This is a strange scripture, and I will be honest enough to tell you I cannot understand it fully. But I do know that people and children who have had visions of heaven have seen animals there. which they have loved while on earth. We'll leave this fact with you. The theme of this book is not about the spirit of the beast, but the spirit of man. Your spirit has very real emotions. It is the eternally living part of you, which will either suffer an eternity of regret and hell, or an eternity of joy forever in the presence of its Father, out of who you came. The spirit is influenced by the emotions of the soul. Pharaoh. Genesis 41.8 says concerning Pharaoh, And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. 
When God wanted to communicate with the King Pharaoh of Egypt, he could not communicate directly like he can with his spiritual sons. Pharaoh was a sinner and idolater, so God communicated with his spirit in a dream. Jacob, Genesis 45:27, tells us how the good news that Joseph was alive revived the spirit of his father Jacob. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told him saying, Joseph is yet alive and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their Jacob, their father, revived. Genesis 45, 25-27. Oh, and don't get hung up on the religious demon, on the thing about dreams. God speaks to unbelievers in dreams, but he'll speak to his sons in the language of a son. But even the people who learn from Jesus one-on-one, -on -one, he still speak to them in dreams and visions. But if you're not hearing from God in other ways, he will resort to you whatever he needs to resort to you to talk to you and communicate with you. So, you know, but the religious demon will have you go and be like, oh no, I hear from God in dreams. Does it mean you still have idolatry in you? Yeah. <laughs> We all have levels of idolatry in us still, but you don't need to go into condemnation. See, this is why we have book club together, so you don't read things and then get scared. I'm going to some like weird anti-dream condemnation, religious demon. Start sinning by worrying. Do not worry, it is written. Huge portion of the Bible is written from dreams, visions, trances. But we want to learn the language of a son. Amen? The sorrowful emotions of the soul realm will crush the life of the spirit. This is why some people literally die of a broken heart. Happy and joyful news will also revive the spirit. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Proverbs 15, 13. The Queen of Sheba in 1 Kings 10, 4, 5. An amazing story is told about the Queen of Sheba when she saw the magnificent riches and protocol of King Solomon's palace. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. The queen was truly overwhelmed by the splendor and riches of what she saw. So we see that the spirit has very strong and powerful emotions, which are affected by the emotion of the soul. So keep in mind, we're seeing the spirit here is powerfully affected by the soul. And just in the last couple pages, we saw that the soul is affected by the body so it's all it all has effect
those whom we love. Those who give us joy or who hate us send strong positive and negative influences upon our soul, which are immediately transferred to our spirits. I had a one of our one of our old friends that was like a really strong seer prophet that gave powerful words to all of the local community a while back. He told me one time, he said that the deepest wounds that we experience in this life are the ones caused by believers because they wield the sword of the spirit. It's like friendly fire. And so some of those wounds that we get, even the enemy can't really get that deep unless they can use a believer to get to you and wound your spirit. Eventually those can kill a person if they're not dealt with. It's like a miracle some of you have literally survived through the worst of that. <laughs> Just be Christ upon that cross, forgive them, Father, for they never know what they do. Those whom we love, those who give us joy or who hate us and send strong, positive, and negative influences upon our soul, which are immediately transferred to our spirits. Dreams. God finds it easier to communicate with us in dreams than directly. This is because while we are asleep, our spirits are more free to receive instruction from God than when we are awake because we are not hindered by the physical needs of food, discomforts or pains, etc. Neither are we hindered by the second biggest hindrance of the spirit, the intellect, or by the third, the emotions. God doesn't talk only to sinners in dreams. He also speaks to his children in dreams, such as he did with Joseph. But there is a higher plane of communication with God. And that is like... The girl... What's going on? <laughs> the communication of God. <laughs> God. Did not have to put Mary to sleep to speak to her. Music. Music affects the soul and transfers its power to the spirit. Some music makes us happy and brings us into an attitude of worship towards God, the Father. It can also cause depression and melancholy. I've seen this too. Sometimes people put on like some depressing ass music and then you just change the music and then they're fine. Hallelujah. Music, which is demonically inspired, will cause demon possession or oppression and all kinds of violence. 
Now, I know a lot of people in the drunken glory, some people are like, I'm going to listen to my demon music, you know, or whatever. Like, I have freedom. I'm above it. I will tell you this. Some, because some people are like, well, is what's what's the truth? Is it, you know, the music, it's a bad influence? Or do I have freedom in Christ? Or is it like, am I still in the tree of knowledge of good or evil, good and evil, good and evil? I will tell you this. Uh, there was one song. Uh, you know, with, when you're getting your blood transfusion, the blood of Jesus, like he hears all the things that go on in the world and God is not affected. And there's a vibe, there's a certain higher vibration of the blood of Jesus that's in your bloodstream as you're getting that blood transfusion. As you're rising, your spirit is rising and consuming your soul and your flesh. There is a song uh, at the time when it was out and around, it was like notorious for it being one of like the worst kind of like demonically inspired kind of like lusty music <sighs> this name of this one song but the there was a couple of the words on it that were really really glorious and uh, I put that song on loop one time when I was back in Texas and the glory was so strong it's like we changed the words of the song and there was those few words that stayed the same and it became like like these words of worship and it was about the name of of god and so it was like <laughs> i could feel that um yeah it doesn't some people listen to it and you can feel it has a pull on your blood the witchcraft and the music if it has a pull on your blood or like draws you into that realm then it's like obviously you're not risen above it but i used that song and it was super glorious and what it acted as was a portal into an encounter uh that i went into that night in a confrontation with a principality and we ended up getting a really good victory so it was really good but i definitely don't recommend like just going and testing out whatever things you know like, I wouldn't go seeking out demon-possessed music or depressing music. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Okay. 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 Beauty. Beautiful scenery. The sea, mountains, rolling plains, and forests all inspire the soul, which leaves its imprint on the spirit. Scenes of evil, cruelty, wretchedness, and uncleanness also leave their evil mark upon the soul and the spirit. Going to church and watching religious TV programs leave an impact on the soul, which transfers its effect upon the spirit according to the quality of the ministry that is imparted to us. If it is mostly in the soulish realm, it will not affect much more than the soul. It will not reach the level of the spirit. You can spend much time in the religious activity and not mature in the spirit. The spirit longs for the things of the spirit and nothing else will satisfy that longing. Deep calleth unto deep. Psalm 42.7 The depth of your spirit's need can only be satisfied by the ministry that is of the same depth 
and caliber as your spirits experience. See, that's why, you know, people might, that's what I recommend. Ooh. A lot of people, as they're rising up, stuff will feed them and it'll be good for where they're at and they might bombard you with a bunch of videos because it touched them and moved them. You really don't have to go and watch all of those. Like, ooh, just go and feed on what the Lord has for your spirit. You can just be happy for them that that grew their spirit. But let's go for the, ooh, go for the deep, go for the deep. <laughs> Which is not always what people think it is, you know? It's like people come see the drunken glory. And they think it's not deep. Because <laughs> we have the appearance of the most shallow people who've ever existed. Praise God. Okay. That's why I was, <laughs> I was talking to my angels the other day. It's like, whatever is going on, if I ever feel down for whatever reason, it's like, I was like, this sounds so self centered. But the, one, the thing that always picks me back up is listen, I go back and listen to one of my videos and like minister to myself. <laughs> it never fails to pick me back up. Okay. In God, the soulish realm of religious activity will leave you empty and unfulfilled. <laughs> and you have come away from the biggest church service or Bonanza TV program empty. To you it will be nothing more than religious show business. Only the theme is different. The players have nothing more to give you other than Broadway star. It's like giving chicken feed to the connoisseur of good food. Anger, hatred, and jealousy. Anger, hatred, and jealousy will affect the soul and thereby leave an evil, negative, destructive impact upon the spirit. That is why he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Proverbs 16, 32. Wrong and unclean thoughts. Wrong thoughts. Unclean thoughts are harmful to the spirit for they eat away the virtue and the peacefulness of the spirit all of these are the emotions of the soul that is why paul warns us finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue if i be if there be any praise, think on these things. Mm. Amen. I gotta share this part with you just because I'm seeing a vision of it. There's this thing that always really helped me out when I was transitioning. Uh, transitioning out of, you know, lust of the flesh. Let's say, like, if you have a wrong or unclean thought, or like, you know, beautiful people walk by and you're just like, ooh. You know, 
There's this one vision that literally would save me every time. And I know people are like, well, it should be effortless and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Forget about what everybody thinks and tells you. Because what God tells you is what actually works. And I'm interested in what actually works. And this works. This worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you. I always see this, like, dark blue kind of starry background. And in it, it would be like this picture of Jesus in his white robe and his, you know, his his beautiful hair. And so immediately, anytime anything would assault my vision screen or in the natural or, you know, anything, I would see him there with his like piercing eyes. And then up at the top right above, like uh, next to where he was, I would see like this beautiful bright white eagle with its wings just like gently like flapping it was like bright white releasing shekinah glory sparkles bright light just peaceful waves and it was just so calming and i would just look at that just close my eyes and just look at that i just look at jesus and look at that beautiful bright white eagle or sometimes it would be a bright white dove releasing just that pure white light washing away everything from that vision screen. Perfect love for you. Mm. It's so good. Mm. Hey. (laughs) We strive to enter the rest. And sometimes what that means is there is a resisting. He's like, yeah, y'all haven't even resisted sin to the point of shedding blood. And you know, some of us, we have resisted sin to the point of shedding blood. Oh, that feels nice. (laughs) You strive to enter that rest. There's a restfulness and a higher elevation to where those things aren't even a temptation. But you want to strive to enter that by resisting temptation when it does come. And look, it's in the scripture. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever, pure, lovely, think on those things. Amen. Forgiveness. To be able to forgive is to be able to walk with saints and angels. In fact, it enables you to walk with God. Unforgiveness in the heart will make you bitter. It puts a shell around your heart. It is so negative, it can cause the destruction of your physical body. People who cannot forgive never heal in their soul, spirit, or body. That's true. (laughs) I definitely have experience with that. Mary Lois Little shared a wonderful truth on forgiveness with me. She has a ministry of intercession and deliverance. She has helped many people to forgive. This is what she told me. I tell the person who has been deeply hurt by someone and therefore finds it hard to forgive to put his two hands together in the shape of a cup. Then I tell, you guys do it, let's do it right now. Put your two hands together in the shape of a cup. And then I tell him to place in his imagination the one who has hurt him into the imaginary cup. After he has done that, 
I lead him in a prayer. Father, I ask you to forgive this one for what he has done. This is followed by the prayer, Lord, I forgive him too. I also forgive myself. Then he opens his hands and lifts them above his head. For us, we just put him in the belly right there. <laughs> Releasing this one to God with the prayer, Lord, I release him to you. She has never seen this method fail. That's encouraging. It eliminates a lot of demonic possession, control, influence, and oppression. When you get at the root, you have the whole tree. That is why in the last day, Elijah ministry, the axe will literally be laid to the root of the tree. Luke 3.9 The effect of the intellect upon the soul and spirit. Because our intellect has been so sadly neglected. Or wrongly taught with false theories it has become even a greater hindrance to the growth and development of the soul and therefore also of the spirit our intellect is a wonderful gift from God it is never to be despised yet there is a fine line where the intellect becomes a ruling force in life and then it has become an idol it hinders the spirit from growth and development in God. If you are having trouble with this book, it could be that your intellect is getting in the way. You're trying to reason things out with your carnal mind. But the Bible says, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, Romans 8, 6, and 7. You cannot educate your carnal mind, nor can you change it by putting on a religious garb over it, which many do, and thereby think they are born again, <laughs> bomb again. <laughs> this, this, this is like a, some kind of a scanned reading like pdf that's just kind of like auto rendered into an epub document <laughs> oh, but it works i like bomb again ain't they no bomb and gilead <laughs> i was trying to get bomb again no, the carnal mind has to be put to death by the crucified Christ. He died to set you free from all the chains of bondage, including your reasoning. If you can trust him and lay your constant reasoning aside, you will live a very high life in the spirit. He will show you things, reveal things to you, warn you, and protect you from dangerous situations and dangerous people. But you must stop arguing with the Spirit. Many times He speaks to you, warns you, and shows you things, but your enemy, the intellect, not necessarily the devil, but nevertheless influenced by Him, tells you differently. It says, oh, that's just your imagination. So you disregard the communication of His Spirit to your spirit, Oh, 
A thing you always regret later. Yeah, you guys ever get that? You're like, man, I knew. Even the intellect that has not been wrongly developed can become a hindrance. Sincere and good people who work hard at pleasing God find that they miss God many times. Perhaps it's because they work so hard at it and not just rest in spirit and let him do it for them. Others, because they've only been born again a short while, have never had a chance to develop their life in the spirit, where their spirit easily receives instruction and guidance from the Father through the Holy Spirit. The closer you are to God, the easier it is for you to communicate in the Spirit. This is something we all have to grow in so that we don't get, you know, killed. <laughs> He's keeping us alive. Well, pride, pride hinders many from this high realm of walking in the spirit. Many times a wife will have direct guidance from the Lord, but the husband's pride will not permit him to accept her advice. The more intellectually he is, the higher his IQ, the harder a time he has. He cannot believe that his little housewife companion who doesn't have a great education and capabilities of running a business could have a higher source of wisdom and knowledge than he has. He makes no allowance for the Holy Ghost IQ. This often causes a painful separation. It is not a separation of the body or soul but of the spirit. Husbands and wives are meant to be one in more ways than in the flesh or even in the soul realm. Flesh union. Some couples have a wonderful relationship in the flesh. Their bodies are drawn to each other like two magnets. Their sexual life leaves nothing to be desired. <laughs> they have fulfillment in the marriage bed, but that is where it stops. There is no real companionship so both seek it elsewhere. She with her friends, and he with his drinking buddies, or golfing, golf, golfing, <laughs> and bowling pals. Soul union. This is very beautiful. It comes about when two people love the same things. They both enjoy the same music, hobbies, colors, art, lifestyle, sports, and sometimes they both enjoy the same religious experience. If God has given you all that in your marriage, you have much to be grateful for, but there is still something missing. Even two good friends can have that soul union. A soulish friendship will never correct each other. Spirit union. This is the highest level of oneness there is. Paul spoke of it in Philippians 2, 1 and 2 and said that the result of it would be that it would cause us to become like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. 
Man, there's some good friends like that. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. This is the wonderful thing about this level of life in the Spirit. It unites. It unites. You see that? This is the wonderful thing about this level of life in the Spirit. It unites. It makes accord and not discord. You have one mind with your partner because the Spirit is speaking the same things to both of you. And you both have the same ability to hear. You're not out of tune. The maestro sounds A and you are able to tune. Be right in together. That makes music. Celestial music. And it is on this high plane that all of heaven moves and communicates. And I know some people who walk in this. It'll be like such deep stuff in the spirit. Like visions and a direct word from the spirit. Confirmation of the natural. Prayers done in secret. Not even posted nowhere on Facebook or Messenger or told to nobody. And then I'll get a I'll get a text message from somebody. And it'll just be like, this is what God is doing right now. And it's like word for word exactly. I'm just like, ah! 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 Yes! And then it'll be like, in the new latest news online, it'll be like, and the researchers have broken through in this area. And it's like exactly what you're talking about. See, that's what we love. It's exciting. See, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, we gotta fly high. We're gonna fly a lot higher than this. The saints and the angels never for one moment step out of this perfect life with this perfect synchronism and harmony. See, it's on this high plane, on this high plane that all of heaven moves and communicates. The saints and angels never for one moment step out of this perfect life with its perfect synchronism and harmony. When we are truly filled with the Spirit of God and walk in this same spirit realm, we will have the same oneness. Neither is it a case of one person always submitting to the other. It is rather a flowing together with one heart and one mind because the spirit hears the same drummers beat this is the fellowship that comes with walking in the light which John mentioned in 1 John 1 7 but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin there's no way we can lead live a sinless life pleasing to God unless we walk in the light this is the true life of the spirit that is under the covering and control of the Holy Spirit and there's a study questions for homework for next time number one draw the diagram at the beginning of chapter three two name the three things that influence the spirit Three, what is the true covering of our spirits? Four, why has the church not prevailed against the powers of darkness? Five, in what way does your body affect your spirit? In what way do you... Emotions affect your spirit? 
Name two Bible examples where the spirit was influenced by the emotions of the soul. And memorize Romans 8, 6, 7. Seven, seven. That picture they're talking about, you can draw it on your little whatever. That's the one where in the middle circle, it's the spirit of man. The one right above it is the Holy Spirit. The other little bubble was the soul, and then the other one was the body, and they're all pointing at the spirit of man. Amen. And we'll do chapter four next time. Love you guys. And I will see you soon. Live your life within the moment, moment And don't go wait until the morning, morning You never know when it is over, over All that I know is we'll get older, older So let us dance this side away Let us dance this side away